Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. We're back! I don't know why, Josh, but for some reason, this break felt longer than usual. Like, it's our usual two weeks <laughs> off, but for some reason, this felt like a really long time. It's not like we've really missed any movie news other than Avatar doing well at the box office. But besides that, holy cow, it's been dry. Um, yeah. But we're back. We've got big things planned for 2023. And first on the docket... One of your favorite annual traditions. No, not predictions. Um, we'll, we'll get into why in a little bit here. But first episode of 2023, we're going to look at our top 10 most anticipated movies of this year. Um, This year is really, really difficult because this is the year yeah. that like all those pandemic movies that got really delayed. They all kind of got stockpiled into this year. I'm super excited, but it made this list really hard to narrow down. So... Some of you astute listeners might be asking, well, I thought your normal tradition was the first ep podcast episode of the year is your predictions episode, to which I'd say you are correct. However, there's something on the horizon that's kind of throwing a wrench in this, potentially, with the whole James Gunn has promised the future slate, at least a couple of movies in the upcoming slate of DC movies, will be announced sometime in the beginning of January. So we're going... Let's give James a few more days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we don't want to say something and then be completely off or completely wrong, like literally a day or two later. So next week, no matter what, we're doing predictions. We're just going to wait just a little bit longer, just in case the DC, that, that DC slate, whatever is going to be announced, that's going to be a big news story across the board so we're gonna have to factor that into our decisions going forward and our predictions going forward and also just makes more sense why make something make a prediction now that's just gonna be disproven literally three days later so we're gonna do predictions <laughs> next week and for now we're gonna talk about things that theoretically are concrete and they're happening this year but um josh welcome back how's your how's your long break it was great, man. Um, I did all kinds of stuff. Uh, the my brother, his wife, and their new kid came up to uh, Tennessee to visit everybody, and then Southwest promptly canceled literally two thirds of their flights. So uh, I drove them down to Texas. So that was a grand old little adventure unplanned and all that. Uh, but that being said, it means I I watched a lot of movies these past couple of weeks. Um, so it's it's been a good, it's been a good holiday. I'm I too am pretty excited for the two for 2023. Um, it is kind of funny to think of like, you know, two years ago we were like, oh my goodness, they they're pushing everything back to 2023. It's gonna be forever by the time we get there. And now we're here, and it's like. Oh no, I don't know how I I'm excited, but like also terrified of how packed this next year is with movies. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I'd like to say since then we're older and wiser, but in reality, we're just older. Um, yeah, we've got slightly <laughs> better stuff, but yeah, we're just older at this point. Um, but also, before we get into what we're watching and everything else, we're just also going to lump this in because there's we're not going to have news topics this week because, like I said, there's really nothing. There hasn't really been news for a little bit. And we more than likely also won't have news next week for our predictions because that takes a long time. So we'll just do sure all does. that unless something major shows up. Um, So we're going to take this little 
time now, we'll kind of give you a Uncharted Media State of the Union address, so to speak. Because uh, <laughs> if you haven't noticed already, we've already got some things in the work uh, over the Christmas break. Josh put out two videos, and I put out a whole separate video by myself. So that's three videos that you probably weren't expecting. Or, I mean, we took two weeks off, so that's probably just still somehow less videos than what we normally it, they're completely <laughs> original yeah. and fresh videos stylistically than what you were expecting so going forward we're still going to do the podcast we're still going to have news topics but josh and i kind of want to flex our creative muscles so to speak here and try and do things different to try and grow our audience because again we've said it before we spoke it last year i'm still Oh, and that's a daunting task, but we want to get to a thousand subscribers before the end of the year. But also just try new things. We want to experiment more. Uh, the most recent video we uploaded, the Top Gun Maverick video. I wanted to try something different. I wanted to try a video essay style that I've seen so mm. many other YouTubes try. Um, I think it did okay. But I want to do more of that stuff going forward. Josh gave his thoughts and review of God of War Ragnarok, which is incredibly well received by you guys. Uh, he's going to keep doing Classics Corner. We've got other stuff that we really want to work on besides just the podcast. So if you guys have ideas for us that you'd like to see, whether it's more reviews, more five good things, more video essays like the Top Gun stuff, or more video game content like the God of War stuff, uh, let us know because we, we want to work community here. Give us ideas and we can mooch. I mean, um, credit them <laughs> as our own ideas when you give us ideas. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really like how Josh's videos came out so far. I really like the Ragnarok stuff. I mean, I, I, sh I should, because I was the one that edited them. So if you, yeah, ha yeah. If you have any, say. if you have any presentation problems, it's Josh's fault. If you have any stylistic points, like editing issues, that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and part of that does also like, I've. You know, like I'm finally getting like an actual decent like webcam for this so that we can actually have some decent like shots for me in this case. So it's like there's been a lot of changes on the back end that are going to be able to support you and I to kind of do more stuff than just the pod and uh, which we're both really excited about. So also, I've, I've said it on some of our social medias before, but I need y'all to hold me accountable here. 2023 is the year it finally happens. 2023, I am finally doing pitching a Nightwing sequel. I'm determined this is the year that's coming out. <laughs> the, it has the sequel been to the video that you did before. It has been almost two years since the last one came out. So yeah, I'm geez. overdue. And also the story has changed so much. And I'm like, I think I'm finally where I'm at with it. I'm this year, we're trying to just make better use of our time, just be more diligent with our time, but also just try new stuff, experiment with stuff, try new video content, maybe do some video game content. Maybe, maybe if you're lucky, if we get to a thousand subscribers this year, maybe Josh now will record some gameplay of us playing Uno, in which case, as soon as we get monetization, we get demonetized again. <laughs> That's going to get age restricted so fast. Oh my gosh. Oh, who, who was the boss that kept messing with me? Oh, uh, I don't remember because there was like two or three that were, were getting you. So over the Christmas break, I decided to take some of the rules that they use in the game and for Uno and 
implement them into actual Uno, and it has turned out to be the craziest version of Uno that I've ever played. Because like, it's one thing to play with like four people on a screen, but it's another thing to play with ten plus people around a table, uh, and everyone's jumping in, everyone's stacking twos. I think at one point we we stacked fours to to the point where it was like somebody had to pick up twenty five cards in one go. I was like, "Jeez, <laughs> that, that, oh boy, that that that's chaos theory." Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but besides all of our updates, Josh, you watch anything? <laughs> so yes, yeah, so um, part of this is be a lot of what I watch is down was down at my my brother's house um, in Texas. It's because part of it is we watched some movies that one movie that I hadn't seen and four movies that they hadn't seen. Um. So for the first time, I've accidentally said this multiple times, but I've never seen the movie. Um, I finally saw um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Um, basically just sat on the couch and cried for an hour and a half. Because uh, this movie, it, it's it's one of those like, it's so charming and so fascinating. And then the emotions, like emotional notes, like sneak up on you and really kicking the, kick the balls. And it's like, gosh, okay. All right, cool. I guess I'm crying now. All right, fine. That's, um, that's a movie people don't really talk about nowadays. I mean, for for very variety of reasons. Um, I also my my sister in law um, had never seen When Harry Met, Met Sally, so I was like, "Well, I love wa- watching that movie, so let's watch that." Never would have uh, guessed. Yeah, dude, it's in my top twenty-five. I love it. I've I love never Harry, seen Harry it, and that surprises me that you're like the diehard when Harry met Sally. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say diehard, but it's a good time. If like, it's Luke in your Su- top twenty-five, you're pretty diehard. Yeah, that's fair. Um, not as diehard as uh, the my top three, which is <laughs> again, my sister-in-law had never seen How to Train Your Dragon, and so we were like, "Well, looks like we're watching all three. <laughs> So over the course of like two days, we watched. Oh, not how to treat wait, the dragon. At the ten three. minute mark, at the ten minute mark <laughs> in the first episode of 2023, we already have a how to train your dragon reference. Yeah, of course. But yeah, it's she had never seen the any of them, and my brother had never seen like two and three. So I was like, well, uh, I guess we're gonna have to watch this. So it's funny you bring up how to train your dragon, and I get a <laughs> dangerous idea. So Josh is always toyed with the idea and half joking but 100% serious when we joke about this in two years now two years time Universal's opening Epic Universe and one of the areas is a How to Train Your Dragon area we genuinely need Josh to come down here and we will like film his reaction to the park I think that would (laughs) instant money right there (laughs) film Josh's reaction to that and film my reaction to the Universal Monster section and then we can film Heather's reaction to Nintendo as we I mean, all, all three of our reactions, all three of our reactions really. as we push small children out of the way, but still, yes, I'm dude, I'm genuinely, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to find ways to like come down there. It's the very, I think, by the way, I have Twitter now. Apparently, that was something that oh, yeah, happened. Go over follow the Josh, holidays. Josh, where can people find you? Um, at barely joshing on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter now, I guess. I think That's it's cool. funny that when everyone else is abandoning ship on Twitter. Josh is like, nah, nah, I love sinking ships. Let me hop on this thing, man. <laughs> I love a dumpster fire. I look at myself in the mirror every day. That's why he's co-hosting this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah. It, part, part of it is because I, I kind of got tired of being out of the loop news-wise with you. Um, Because little, I guess, 
pull the curtain back a little bit. Most of the time, I don't learn about the about news until it's on the <laughs> on the Google Doc. So and everyone at home like, pretends to be shocked. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but uh, I wanted that to stop, so I was like, "All right, well, well I'll bring Twitter in here, so at least like." I and how's have, it like, going? um absolute chaos and i love every second of it. <laughs> it's like the most like best thing and worst thing at the same time yep oh it's so much fun it, I, I i'm kind of upset about it actually <laughs> as much as people bag on twitter there honestly is no better social media platform in terms of instantly communicating with whoever yes. it is like facebook unless it's a friend people don't typically respond like you can follow pages or whatever but twitter there's that that's much more of a connection there for better or for worse people uh besides when harry met sally how to junior dragon and everything else any other things you've been watching josh or playing no um this week i'm gonna watch Gla uh, glass onion finally and then i'm hoping fingers crossed i might be able to see the whale by the end of the week as well oh um, yeah fingers crossed because i really want to see it in theaters and not wait until i mean i would even if it goes to a streaming service i'm going to watch the crap out of it um but i would really really like to see it in the theaters first um mostly to make to i know i'm one person but like like support you know, nudge the ticket sale bar a little bit like <laughs> also this is the friendly reminder that uh today as we're recording this episode don't forget josh that the menu dropped on hbo max and I'm going, I kind of really want to see that because everyone says it was good. And I like okay. me some Anya Taylor-Joy and my okay, yeah. and my uh, stunt double that is Nicholas Holt. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, I, I would see, I, it's one of those, like, I'm interested, but the trailers make it seem to me at least like it's just like a cannibal horror type situation. So I'm not, and I don't really care, I guess. I don't know. It's like it's it's such an easy thing to do, I guess, in my mind that it's, it's like okay, whatever, I guess, sure. <laughs> so Christmas uh, and New Year's, it's almost always just movies that my family has seen before. So there was a, there was a lot of that. Uh, the only movie, um, since it's the New Year, I had to start my movies I watched list over again. So so far there's only one, but then again it's January third, and I'll probably watch something after this. So not completely behind. You're behind. Uh but I watched. <laughs> What people were saying was a really, really underrated animated movie from 2021. So I was like, I'm kind of going into this blind, just people saying it's good, called Ron's Gone Wrong. Hey, yeah. Have you heard of this one, Josh? I have heard of it, and I've seen the trailer, um, so I'm like aware of it, but I hadn't heard anything about it. So I just assumed that it kind of wasn't good, which I guess is you know a fault on um, like my fault for not seeking it out. But did I take it you ended up watching it? Uh Heather and I both did watch it and um I can't tell if this is Fox's fault or Disney's fault because I think it was a 20th century Fox animated movie. Uh mm -hmm. and it might have been caught in the middle of the Disney acquisition of Fox because I mm -hmm. also saw like no marketing for it, which sucks. Is this a darn good movie? Like really really funny really really well written characters Heather and I both agreed though that it kind of there's at least two or three points that the movie could have ended and they keep it going or like add another plot to it and I'm going this mm. it doesn't need to be as long as it is it could have been even better if it was a little more compact like not scenes that go on for too long but actual just chunks of the narrative that they just kind of slap at the end to pad out the runtime. 
as a whole, it's really, really good and really funny. At, I will say, when we first started watching it, it's basically everyone in the world has these things called B-Bots, which are kind of like smartphones except as like companion robots, like an R2-D2 type system. Actually, more like Eve from WALL-E. They're like, okay. look exactly like that. Uh, and so at first you're just like, oh, this is going to be a not-so-subtle beat you over the head of get out and talk to your friends, make actual friends, don't let technology run your life. And that's where it felt like it was going. But then it kind of just turns into, well, here at the 16-minute mark, here's my turn. It feels closer to Iron Giant-esque in... Attaboy. Boy, Attaboy. Ha- <laughs> boy's only friend is robot thing that doesn't work or function properly and robot has to learn from boy what it's like to be a whatever they are supposed to be and robot saves boy's life on multiple occasions and they both grow from each other i'm going that sounds and also some other very very important story beats that i'm going ha that's very much iron giant and the aesthetic's pretty iron giant heather and i looked at each other a couple times going where have we seen this main character before? Oh, yeah, he's just basically Hogarth from Iron Giant, right down to the ears and everything. Um, but it was super, super charming. It's on Disney+. Plus. I think you would really, really like it, Josh. There's some lines in this that were really, really well written. Um, the grandma in this is an ex-member of the Communist Party from Mother Russia. What? And so okay. there's a okay. scene where... The kid leaves his robot at home, and he's like, learn everything about me. And so when the kid kid comes home, his room is just a mess. And so his robot's just like, I learned everything about you. Your underwear combusts at a temperature of 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Or he's like, your um, something detaches at a Newton pressure of 44 square pounds per inch. And so the next scene, he's pulling on the chicken's head, 43, 44. 45 i'm going no (laughs) like it's got some dark humor when it wants to but yeah okay yeah i I would like that i'd like that kind of movie it's very dark (laughs) yeah i mean i I don't think it's any secret that i like i like my animated movies with just a just a just a little seasoning of dark humor just just a little bit it reminded me (laughs) a little bit uh in terms of just humor and overall style like a mitchell's versus the machines somewhat so like i need i I think this will be up your alley i it's definitely tonally different and thematically different than mitchell's versus the machines but i think they're they have a similar uh what what's the two circle venn diagram they have a very similar venn diagram of audiences that would enjoy (laughs) this movie okay well i mean i guess i'll have to watch it then oh okay there bud oh yeah (laughs) Now, now I'm just turning into the mom from Mitchell's of the Machines. <laughs> well, you touched my baby. <laughs> which, when you say it like that, it just makes me think, you ate my enchilada. <laughs> you ate my enchilada. Oh, okay, so a you know, little side note before we get into kind of our, our main meat um, of the of the pod. Uh, so... And you'll see it if you if, if if any of you guys follow me on any of my socials, you'll you'll see I've changed my my profile picture to this stupid picture of me in a hoodie. Um, yeah, I was kind of wondering like, about that. Okay, so I forget why I took that picture. I forget, I don't remember why it, it was a thing that happened. Um, but my I we woke up the next day. 
uh, and my one of my younger brothers and his wife had taken every picture of me in the house and replaced it with that picture. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was it was so much fun to like walk around the house and go, oh that's that's funny. I like that. Okay, cool. Whatever. Keep on just walking down. Oh hey look there it is again. Oh there it is. And then like it turns out that they convinced everyone in the family to change the ba- the backgrounds on their phone to that picture too. So I I saw it everywhere for like a week and a half. It was uh classic it was so good so such a good prank that that sounds like your family uh but josh <laughs> you ready to talk about the 10 give or take movies you're most <sighs> looking forward to this year yeah let's go let's make, let's make a good uh good college try let's let's make a good a good good lucha thing <laughs> let's do the thing yeah <laughs> okay if my mouse would work cooperate mouse okay so i said give or take because there are so many movies coming out in 2023 that we really, really want to see. Um, so I narrowed it down to only four honorable mentions. I was good. Uh, Josh, do you have any honorable mentions? Oh, he's giving me a face like he has 12 honorable mentions. Let's see. Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, those aren't honorable mentions. Those are just releases for 2023. <laughs> I know. I'm just really excited. I can't help it. Okay. Power through some of them real quick. Just <gasps> like. Okay. Well, I mean, we've got time. Take you. We don't want to okay, be here all here night, we're... but since we have no uh, news right, topics, uh, we've got time. Uh, X Men '97. The animated X Men. Uh, oh, so you're you're including all forms of media here. Oh, of course I am. Are you all kidding forms me? of uncharted media? Yeah, haha. Ha. Um, Loki season two, uh, Secret Invasion. I'm excited for all that. Renfield is. I, I'm excited about Renfield. Uh, the the Flash. I'm more excited to see it get over with. I just want it over with. I don't know if at this point. I think at Which... one point I was excited for it but now i'm not speaking so, of the flash did you happen to see that terrifying nightmare fuel picture <laughs> yes <laughs> it was so scary for and those that don't a, know was, for those yeah. that don't know basically there's some promo material going around of like people in the flash so like sasha kaye supergirl ezra miller's as one of the flashes since we know he's playing multiple characters michael keaton's flash uh michael keaton's batman although michael keaton as flash as jake eric that would be cool <laughs> Uh, Michael Keaton's Batman, and then this absolute freaking nightmare fuel that is the Flash wearing a red version of the Batman suit with the ears chopped off. So it's like a homemade suit, and he looks like the swole neck meme guy. Like, oh, it's bad. It's so bad. It's so terrifying. Oh my gosh. Uh, there's like a lot of like that there that came out this past week. Um that leaked um Batgirl um suit picture it looks came out this trash. week. It looks really bad and I feel really bad about it. Um the logo for anyway, the Ninja uh, Turtles movie came out. Oh dude. Okay, uh so so, so back to the back okay, back back to the list. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> um cocaine bear. How can you not like look at that trailer and not be excited for? I mean, come on. It's a movie about a bear who eats co- tons of cocaine and goes on a rampage. Sounds like a good time to me. And a sequel should be a crossover with the Wicker Man. 
sure sure <laughs> why not do like a meth wolf or something um <laughs> it's like a sci-fi channel movie cocaine bear oh, versus meth wolf i'm a glutton for punishment so expendables 4 is on that like i'm a, i just i, I forgot that I was like coming it. out i i just like this stupid like action movies that sly puts out so good times um aquaman and the lost kingdom i'm very curious to see where we end up going who's actually in the movie i guess this is going to be his you know our, our farewell to jason momoa's aquaman so kind of is where he is. becomes I, the main man apparently <laughs> which i'm not exactly against um excuse me uh wonka comes out this year and th- that's i'm in- very intrigued um, if you're not hyped about Barbie after that first teaser trailer, <laughs> I, you don't like movies. Uh, <laughs> be straight up. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 comes out this year. I'm Wow, not a Tom as- Cruise movie's actually on Josh's list somewhere, <laughs> even if it's in it's, the honorable mentions. Uh, it's on the the, the yeah, it's on the, the honorable mentions for a reason. Um I'm I'm think I'm I'm excited to see this is the first time we've ever done a part one and two. So I'm very curious as to how like how we go about this and what it's going to end up looking like um indiana jones dial of destinies just like it's another indiana jones movie and i know i'm not as high about them as you are but like it's just cool to have not as high as a cocaine bear yeah uh (laughs) and of course you know (laughs) transformers rise of these because i'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to transformers movies yes you are i am unfortunately part of the cult that is like oh the trailer was fantastic there's no way the movie's gonna be disappointing (laughs) um sure of course um john wick chapter four super excited i mean i it's got my boy donnie yen in it so how could i yeah how's that not in your top 10 because the top 10 is so hard uh to to like just to because i mean like shazam fear of the gods is also but that's an honorable mention for me as excited excited as i am about it what? and man in the and the wasp quantum mania that's more i think out of curiosity but that's not on my top 10 oh and i'm then, glad our lists are going to be separate man good 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 uh this and of course honorable mention goes out to super mario bros movie because like despite the chris pratt stuff that's an honorable mention Yes, dog. Let's oh dude. It, and I think part of this is because I included three shows. Oh, that's yeah. your problem. I only have movies. Yeah, well. I, the, the three shows the I can't not talk anticipate. about. I can't. <laughs> I, <Shut> up, <laughs> I Although, don't I don't listen to the one of the shows is The Last of Us. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, you haven't yeah. completely lost your marbles. I mean, I have, but that's not the point. What's your um, what's your uh, your honorable mentions there, boss? I have standards, so I'll have four. I'm just gonna <laughs> put the ones that just no barely standards. missed the cut. Uh, <laughs> John Wick Chapter Four, because I've loved all three of them. However, there's this interesting point that I've thought about with John Wick Chapter Four. Yeah. Um, does that mean John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum? will go down as the awkward one being the only one that actually had a title to it. Because <laughs> it was John Wick, John Wick Chapter 2, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, John Wick Chapter 4. Like, uh, okay, sure. It's not like they had a separate director for Part 3 that was like, title these guys. No, it's just like, uh, okay. Like, I- I'm still confused by it. Like, I mean, I feel, I feel you. 
I'm excited for John Wick 4. They have yet to let me down. Um, I love that while they're action movies, they have really, really interesting and intriguing lore to them. Like, there's good narrative to yeah. it. And in typical John Wick fashion, as we'll talk about next week for our predictions, I, once again, don't think John Wick is winning this movie. Like, he doesn't he doesn't win. He never wins. No, no he he's, never wins. He's cliffhanger from between the lions. Just when you think <laughs> he's finally going to get off the cliff. Yes, I made that pull. Cliffhanger. Hanging by a cliff. cliff. And that's why he's called Cliffhanger. And then as an adult, you realize it's called that because every episode ends on a cliffhanger and you're just going, it's so mad and wonderful. Uh, But yeah, I don't think he's going to win this one. But also, your boy Donnie Yen isn't going to win this one either. No, no, no chance. He might leave him alive like he did with Common, who is still kind of somewhere, I guess. And Ali Bear. If, if that ends up happening, I have a theory, right? So if the if chapter four is not the last one, which I don't think it is, I think we're got we got a couple more yeah. on this. Um, if that's the case, how cool would it be in the last one, all of the assassins that he allows to live at the end come back to help him I'm you know, wondering fight that. the last battle? Alongside like, so good. Alongside newly introduced Ana de Armas's ballerina. Yes, which gosh, what a, well, she's so good. Like she's been killing it the past oh, couple yeah, she years. Picks, she usually picks pretty good stuff to be in. Uh, John Wick Chapter Four, Aquaman yes. of the Lost Kingdom. I yes. love the first Aquaman. It it would be on my list had there not been the whole like Amber Heard situation. But two, it feels like they took too long to come out with this sequel. Like it yeah. feels like it's been a while. And I know there's a whole like uh earth shattering pandemic type of thing. But um, no. Excuses. I, I can't for the most part. Uh but also like a lot of the DC movies this year, as much as I'm anxiously looking forward to what James Gunn's going to do with DC, and I agree with the direction of a full reboot if that's where he's going with it, it does kind of make the movies that are it left for this year kind of look like the X-Men movies after Disney acquired Fox. Yeah. Like those last two. Yeah. It just kind of feels like what's the point? And that's kind of what I feel with this. And my other honorable mention, The Flash. I still love the character of The Flash. Barry Allen, Jay Garrick, um, Wally. Like, I like The Flash and Flash mythology. Was a different actor. I'd be much more on board with this movie. But Ezra has made it very difficult for me to get behind this movie. Besides all of their shenanigans. Um, And also the whole, like, does it really matter in the end? And I know some people were just like, but Michael Keaton's Batman's coming back. I'm going, cool. I never cared for him. Like, I I know that he's a lot of people's favorite Batman. Yeah. But as I go back and watch him, I'm just like, this is a generational Batman. Like, every generation yeah, has their Batman. Ours for a while, there was Bale. I think for a good section of kids, it's going to be Pattinson. Well, kids probably shouldn't watch the Batman yet, but um, or like Conroy, <laughs> like, Keaton was not my Batman, but I know a lot of people it was. So a lot of people are going to be going for that. And I'm sure the Flash's marketing campaign is going to lean into that. Um, I still really like the Flash character, so I'm excited for the Flash, even if it's hard to get behind because Ezra is Ezra. And hopefully we yes. get a new Flash and hopefully it won't be. But God, I would love it if Flash is Andrew Garfield. I've said it for a while. Oh, baby, let's go. I would be so down. Are you kidding me? Oh, I've said it before. Let's go. Just... Uh, and then 
just missing the cut at number 11, if I had to give it a rating on this, Timothy Chalamet's Wonka. Y'all know yeah. how much of a Willy Wonka fan I am. I'm not going to go down the, the tunnel diatribe again. I'm not going to beat that dead horse. That's the Oompa Loompa's job. But the fact that it's a Willy Wonka movie, I'm already intrigued by. Did you get the guy that directed the cinematic perfection that is the first two Paddington movies? <laughs> get out. <laughs> I'm like... I yeah and you can't complain it's the no i can't i have i see to be fair i still haven't watched them even though nicholas cage demands that we all watch Paddington two these days so. yes thank you pedro <laughs> i mean it's gonna be great i i I'm, i have full faith that it's i have no doubt that it's gonna be at, at the bare minimum better than johnny depp's cat willy wonka which um, again i've said it before and i'll say it again movie is weird and wonky at times, <laughs> wonka at times, but it follows the book a whole heck of a lot better than the original one. Sure Roald Dahl writes weird books, and it's a weird movie, so in that sense, they completely nailed it, but the, the Johnny Depp casting was still a bit off, but uh, all that out of the way, that's all your honorable mentions there, Josh, right? Yes. You're looking at your list. You should, <laughs> you should know. Yes, it is. Okay. I mean, now. there's there's a lot of like the, the issue is there's a lot of stuff that's coming out this year. So like, even with my honorable mentions and this and this list of the you know my ten most anticipated, like, it's still there's no way I'm not missing anything. Yeah, same. But um, I'll I'll kick us off because Josh briefly mentioned it. Uh, but my number ten, I wanted some variety here, so I can't mm -hmm. just put all superhero stuff. Three, three, four. Uh, oh crap! Half the list is superhero stuff, <laughs> but not number ten. I don't see this number. My number ten showing up on a lot of people's top tens because once again, just like 2022's Nicolas Cage movie with the unbearable weight of massive talent, so many of y'all continue to sleep on the talents of Nicolas Cage. Well, I will not. I will wake <laughs> up this beautiful vampire from his sleep. Because y'all are sleeping on him, but he is a creature of the night. He is Dracula in Renfield. My number 10, Chris McKay's Renfield. I am so, so on board with this. One, Nicolas Cage. Two, my doppelganger, Nicholas Holt, plays Renfield. Three, Chris McKay is directing this. The guy that did Lego Batman and directed the Nightwing movie. Oh, wait, you didn't, Chris. No, I still <laughs> You'll have never not forget. letting that go. <laughs> <laughs> never forgive never, never forgive forget. never forget chris like i know him you watch he'll find us somehow and be like okay then ne never meeting those guys um but just the set photo alone of what nicholas cage's vampire looks like i'm going yes yes please and then you see like the logo that's been floating around on the set like looks like the classic um the Lugosi dracula i'm just going this movie for me and me alone. <laughs> like, it fulfills Nicolas Cage's lifelong dream of saying, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. Now, I've seen in interviews that Nicolas Cage says the only thing left on his bucket list is to be in a musical, and I'm just going, someone make this happen. Someone. <laughs> Do it. 
do it. Turn the Wicker Man into a musical. Gosh dang oh, no. it. Yeah, not, not the piece. <laughs> no. Yes. <sighs> well, Sister my number Beach 10 has is a certainly... solo. <laughs> my number 10 surf certainly packs a bigger punch than Renfield. Uh, One punch man's getting moving. 10 is... <laughs> Oh, oh. Is, uh, I'm going to talk about my my number 10. Jeez. Um, it's going to be Creed 3. Um, I'm oh. super excited. Yeah, kind of crazy that it's down in, t- in, in number 10, huh? Oh, um, I just thought because you said Axe one big punch. I thought you were going to talk about Invincible, but I'm just like, oh, wait, that's assuming that actually still somehow comes out this year. Yeah, they've said it's they've said it's coming out this year, but uh, yeah, okay, sure, I'll believe you when I see it. We don't even have a trailer for it yet. Sure, okay, um, but yeah, Creed three, absolutely. There's no how could you if you have been watching the Creed movies, I don't know how you could not be stoked for this movie, especially with Jonathan Majors looking like an absolute unit. Um, we joked before, but Michael B. Jordan going to die? Yes, he is. He might die. Like. Why not? Like father, um, like son. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, yeah, geez. But at least this Creed has had like a, maybe a, well, I guess, I don't know if you can compare. I was going to say he's had a better career, but maybe, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm the Creed one and two is, are such good boxing movies. Um, this will be, I think the, allegedly we'll see be the first Creed with no Sylvester Stallone. Um, oh, that's not an allegedly. I firmly believe that after the comments that he's made. We'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, so I'm excited. And I think Michael B. Jordan's di- uh, directing and, and directing this one, isn't he? It is his directorial We're, debut. Yes. So there's a lot of reasons to be excited for Creed 3. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about it for too much because I do have Creed 3 later on in my list and kind of, course, of that muddled of section. Um but we've already made the jokes, but I still kind of firmly believe it. Of Wow, it's really, really cool that Michael B. Jordan also saw Warrior with Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. <laughs> because yeah, it does kind of look like Creed 3 just took the main story threads or some basic outline from Warrior. That being said, I'm yeah. not complaining in the slightest. The trailer got me super, super excited. Jonathan Majors is jacked. Um, doesn't surprise me that the clothes that he's wearing in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania look like baggier clothes so he can hide how much like just sheer raw power he's withholding from the rest of the world. Uh, which I love that Jonathan Majors in recent interviews is like, yeah, I really want Kang to fight Thor. I'm just going, yes. Yes, you can. Yes. <laughs> body Hemsworth right now, <laughs> just I think. Not even as Kang. Just just as Jonathan Majors just fighting, Jonathan Majors. fighting Thor. <laughs> Jonathan Majors is just another Kang variant who, in this universe, yeah. pretends he's an actor named Jonathan Majors. Why not? What could possibly go wrong? You can't ever anyway fully that's disprove that. that. <laughs> yeah, because that's that is the, the the best part about uh, multiverse theory is like there's no way we could be technically wrong. <laughs> so, so, oh boy, you. It's funny you bring. Ah, uh, well. I inadvertently segued us perfectly. Cause got it, got it, got it. Jonathan Majors does also my number nine. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. There you go. Uh, I like, but don't love the first Ant-Mans. They're, they're fine enough. I'm more 
anticipating the ramifications that Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania are teasing. Like, don't get me wrong. I think this will be a really, really good movie. Uh, the visuals look stunning. It looks creative. It looks different mm-hmm. than some other MCU stuff. All mm-hmm. right, can do no wrong. Uh, I know there's some uproar when it initially happened, but I am actually in favor of the recasting of Cassie. I really mm-hmm. like Catherine Agreed. Newton as an actress. Um, I'm really excited to see what she brings to the table. She, clearly, she's going to be a much bigger role if they're recasting it with a different actress. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I just really, really hope, and I don't think we will, but I really, really hope we don't get sucked into this with the same expectations that we did for In the Multiverse of Madness of just like, mm-hmm. it will explode the uh, Marvel Universe in insane new directions and open up a new world of possibility. I think this will deliver on that promise more than a multiverse of madness. Uh, one, it's the guy writing this is the one writing the next Avengers movie, so there has to be setup for this. The villain is the same in this Kang as Avengers: The Kang Dynasty, the next Avengers movie, which I'm sure will also tie directly into Secret Wars. Like that, this has to have some lead up into it into the next Avengers, unlike in the Multiverse of Madness. And I know some people are like, well, in the Multiverse of Madness did set up some stuff. I'm like, it, it did, but with did a title it. like in the Multiverse of Madness to only go to three different universes kind of waste the multiverse concept. Now that Josh yeah. has seen a good multiverse movie with everything everywhere all at once, like, it probably makes him even more mad about in the Multiverse of Madness of like the missed opportunities yeah. there. Um, it, it really does, yeah. And I think the hard part too here is that um, I think quantum mania is in a position where it has to deliver on the, how on the, you know, earth shattering ramifications um, because we're going into this, you know, this post um, Wakanda forever, like post phase four Marvel universe. That's like, it's been okay. It has not been a fun ride this past phase four. Um, it's been a bit, been a little bit tough to be a Marvel fan. Um, and in order for us to, I think as fans to feel like we are being thrust into a, uh, an a, a direction at all, um, quantum mania absolutely has to, 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 has to deliver on something that's both good. Um, but also has those, those world shaking ramifications. Um, I'm going to put a cup. I know this isn't the, the predictions episode, but I'm calling it now. I don't think Scott and I don't think Ant-Man Wasp or his, his daughter make out, make it out of this. Uh, I have my own thoughts on it, but yeah, I'll, I'm going to more specifics in next week's episode. Agreed. Cool. Um, so my number nine is, uh, oddly enough, one that has only gotten a poster, uh, and kind of, we're not really sure if it's still happening or not. Um, Blue Beetle for me is, is still one of those, like, I love the character so much. And the fact that they're going with Jaime is super exciting. And we've seen leaked, um, leaked set photos of the suit. Suit looks great. The poster itself looks so cool. Um, it's really hard for me to not be really, really, really excited about the potential of Blue Beetle movie. It does kind of suck with the idea that like, this might be the only time we see Blue Beetle <laughs> for a while, um, but who knows? I'm a, I, I think this movie was late it, late enough in its production that there's the potential to have it 
be the front door, I guess, of, of the new universe. Um, or it can pop, there's a possibility of it existing on its own before, you know, before we get into all of the universe that Ghana is going to be presenting. Um, obviously, we don't know um, what all Gun is going to be putting out there, but you know, I, I really hope that Blue Beetle gets to stay with it. Yeah, we're going to get to Blue Beetle on my list in a little bit here, and we can talk more about it, but I'm I am also hopeful that Blue Beetle can survive. It all, it all really does depend on how much of a connection to the larger universe it does, because if it doesn't, I don't see a point in scrapping it when it could just fit in somewhere down the road maybe yeah absolutely um but yeah we could talk about it in a little bit what's your number eight though what's eight blue uh, beetle was eight blue beetle <laughs> no, yeah, trying... no, uh, blue beetles nine okay um my number eight is um uh, this movie has a trailer thank thankfully um oh and it which is is it, it, it that feels like something I shouldn't have to say, but like <laughs> some the, a lot of these movies are still like months and months out, so a lot of them don't barely have any promotional material yet. Um, however, Guardians of the Galaxy Three has easily next to the whale one of the most emotionally gripping trailers so far out there, um, and I'm not ready for the amount that I'm going to cry in this movie. Um, it is definitely a proper James Gunn farewell to the Guardians of the Galaxy and to the Marvel Universe, to be fair. Um, everybody looks great. The story looks fantastic. Um, it looks like Dave Bautista is actually trying his Drax in this one. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just looks so good. We're definitely going to be dive, diving into Raccoon, uh, Rocket's um, backstory, which I'm super excited and not emotionally ready for. Um, so it's really hard to not be super hyped for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah, once again, we'll talk about it a little bit later <laughs> on my list. Um but I just have a thought as I'm looking at this graphic now for the Guardians of just like, yeah, we know these as like the their iconic looks from the comics. And I'm happy to finally see them. Now all I need is for Star-Lord to have his like actual comic book helmet. Mm -hmm. But what if these aren't their like actual uniform uniforms? And what if this is their funeral attire? Oh, don't do that to me. Because no, 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 suspiciously, in this picture, notice who's missing. And they all look very, very somber and serious. They it's all look very, very serious in this pose, though. I wait, wait, don't aren't they? I think they're in this at the beginning of the trailer. I know, but when they go visit that planet, when Rocket's with them, Rocket's not in that section. I don't think. I'll go back and rewatch it. And uh, an excuse to rewatch the trailer. Oh, darn! <laughs> oh no! I have to rewatch an incredibly well-made and beautiful trailer. That people have yes. replicated that same style. Did you ever see the Spider-Man No Way at Home trailer with the gar with this style to it? No, I'll, I I'll send it to you after this. But someone basically copied this exact same style and did it to No Way Home. And going, I've seen this movie dozens of times, but I need to see it again because this is <laughs> so well done. But yeah, uh, I also have Guardians on my list, but just further down. Um, yes. Next up for me, my number. Eight, Shazam: Fury of the Gods. This there you go. this is one that again 
it's hard to fully get into it because we don't know what the future holds. Like, I would love to see Zachary Levi stay on as Shazam, but I think for the best case scenario for this universe, everybody goes like completely clean slate. And maybe they can find a different purpose for him, like have Zachary Levi play a different character because the kid that plays Billy is growing up really, really fast. And that's kind of the, the struggle that you run into with a character like Shazam is in comics, they can stay young forever for as long as the story dictates. It's the Bart Simpson effect. But in real life, people grow old. Time is the secret enemy in Top Gun Maverick, just like a time is the secret enemy in life. Uh, shameless book for that other video. Uh, <laughs> like time, time sucks. So Asher Angel's getting older. So I don't know if they'll keep on this continuity of Shazam. That being said, I love the first Shazam so, so much, especially when it came out in the DC universe. We're getting so inundated with negativity with DC. I'm like, it's not doing well. It's failing. It's bleak. It's dark. It's brooding. I'm like, it doesn't have to be. You have big with superpowers. And Zachary Levo was able to bring in a tremendous amount of heart to it. The Shazamily was perfect. Like, I will still tear up every single time that the Shazam like gets their powers and the first one to fly is Freddy and you're just like oh it's so beautifully done it's so perfect um I'm very much invested in this world I love the first one so so much I really like David F. Sandberg as a director just as a person so I really like what he brings to the table I'm looking forward to this just sucks that more than likely this is the finale for this iteration of Shazam but again it's so difficult these next couple weeks until we get some form of clarity James Chris's break is over we need answers now said the needy fans <laughs> and trust us we're the nice ones I'm, I'm sure he's heard much worse online oh I'm Poor sure guy. well and I think the best thing about it James though is he hasn't been quiet as far as like talking back to him like shut up guys leave me alone um i think the thing that zachary levi's uh shazam has going for it in in the you know kind of change of regime right now um is that outside of the headless superman cameo it's not quote-unquote technically connected to the snyderverse um so it technically could still survive um the, all the whole transition so I don't hate that idea, but I also don't see why Gunn wouldn't just scrap everything. I, it makes sense to me. Um, it, however, also would mean scrapping um, Peacemaker, which I don't. I have mixed feelings on. Um, as far as uh, mixed feelings on the idea of scrapping it altogether. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think he um, is scrapping Peacemaker, but which also brings the whole question of just like, are we keeping the pieces you made or what? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm just not as excited about it as probably some of the other product, 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 products, projects, projects. The products of your movie executives. <laughs> Fair enough. IPs. Um, my number seven is uh, The Last of Us. I mean, if you've watched the trailers and you're not hyped, and then I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, it's going to be the best. Like, they are currently milking the walking dead for everything it has. And I mean, walking dead hasn't been good in years. Um, 
but the last of us is going to be incredible i'm so intrigued and so fascinated with okay how where i i you know i know the story i haven't necessarily finished the game so i don't know the entire story um but I'm so intrigued by how, where we're going to go and how, 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 how is this going to be different from the game? And it just, the Pedro Pascal is going to be acting his butt off, you know, going, I'm just excited for everything that this movie is going to be entailing or this show is going to be entailing. I, yeah. I'm same. I don't have any shows, but if I did, this would probably be the only show that I'm just like, yes. Really? Although uh, I'm trying to remember if Peacemaker season two comes out this year or not. I don't think so. Uh, but like Loki season two, Okay, fine, whatever. Like, I liked season one enough. Honestly, as it stands right now, I'm probably more excited for Secret Invasion than Loki season two, which I was would not have said a few not, months ago. Yeah, but Secret Invasion <laughs> yeah. looks pretty legit. Um, too legit to quit. Daredevil's not coming out this year, though. I don't think. No, that's a that's a 2024. Yeah, they're filming it for most of this year. Uh, that, correct. That would have been on my list, though. Yeah, Last of Us. Like we've been on board with the Pedro Pascal casting from day one. As soon as he says in the trailer, you don't know what loss is. And I'm just like, that's Joel. Like, that's perfect. I'm I'm so ready to cry my eyes out when Sarah dies. I'm ready to ball when the giraffes show up. Like Giraffe. Oh, it's it's gonna be wonderful. Uh, cause I'm I'm going and replaying it again as the movie comes out and I hate bloaters so so much loaders <laughs> but they nailed the sound of the clickers and i'm just going oh that's wonderful how dare you make that sound so accurate i hate you and i love it i hate it so much it's it's bringing me that repressed stress that i didn't think i still held on to it's that instinctual like oh god no 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 it's sort of those like yeah oh nope that's it's like the um Mario underwater music. It just stresses you yes. out as soon as you hear it. It's just going, no, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> the sonic underwater bubbles. Yes. Like, Come on, where's the bubble? Where's the bubble? Where's the bubble? Mm, so good. Uh, no, yeah. It's just, I, I fully anticipating like five, ten, ten minute scenes of nothing but quiet and then trying to figure out how to get around a clicker. Uh, like, I just, I'm excited. I, I, I just, I, I don't know what else to say at, at, that hasn't been said, that we haven't said already, but like, it's pretty hard to not be stoked for The Last of Us. My number seven, I'm actually surprised that it was as low as it was on Josh's list because it's a character that we both love tremendously. I think I'm more excited just because I've seen what this main actor can do, whereas Josh still steadfastly refuses to watch Cobra Kai. Because at this point, it's just <laughs> to keep up a bit, I feel like. Yeah, but, at this point, yeah. <laughs> but Sholomar Duena as Jaime Reyes in Blue Beetle, I am so on board. Like, I was on board when they cast him because as I'm watching Cobra Kai, I'm going, if they ever do a Blue Beetle movie, he would be perfect as Jaime Reyes. Sholomar Duena cast as Blue Beetle. Hey, y'all listen <laughs> to us. You were right. <laughs> And then he got all big, and then he wears baggier clothes in the most recent season of Cobra Kai, so I'm going, ah, are you <laughs> hiding something from us there, Miguel? Uh, yeah. But we were super excited, and then we saw the leaked set photos of what the costume looks like, and Josh and I both squealed with delight, just going, oh, that's a practical suit. Not only that, 
very rarely do set photos look good. Like we try and we typically don't talk about set photos here on the podcast because it's not official released images from the studio. It's something yeah. that got out without their knowledge or consent. Well, when that came out, we're looking at this going, that looks good. Even for a set photo, because typically set photos, they're not lit in the proper conditions. They kind of look rough just because they're not lit properly. They're not in the best way to show off how good the suit looks. It looked yeah. good just walking around a set with just broad daylight. So I can't even imagine yeah. how good it'll look in a film setting. Also, from everything we've heard from this movie, it's going to be much more intimate, like a small scale individual hero story, which I'm so looking forward to. We don't get those a whole lot anymore nowadays. Everyone's looking for yeah. the, it's the end of the universe. I'm going, it doesn't have to be every single time. Like, as much as No Way Home is a multi-dimensional fabric of reality crushing in on itself, it's also very much a deeply personal story for Spider-Man. That's why I like Shazam a lot. That has no end-of-the-world consequences, really. It's just a dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I heard Shazam a lot. Now all I want is like Zachary <laughs> Lee and I playing Shazam in like a Camelot style mood. Like oh, that's Shazam like, a lot. Okay, <laughs> Shazam a lot. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to laugh in the middle of your your your, your thing there. That's why but, I like uh, Shazam because it's small scale. It's yes. personal. We don't have to blow up the world or have a sky beam every single time. Like. I just really like the character of Jaime. I think there's a lot of interesting person uh, story potential. But also, it's I think if this is done well, it could be a lot like Into the Spider-Verse of reach a new generation of kids, because heaven forbid we make comic book movies for children, for the next generation that's supposed to be enjoying these. Good idea. But also reaching a demographic that hasn't always been the most represented on screen. Like, yeah. it was super cool for... Um, a non-white superhero to lead a movie besides Black Panther for Spider-Verse and for that character to be so beloved from all kinds of audiences. I'm hoping the exact same thing happens with Latin audiences with Blue Beetle because that's such a core part of Jaime's identity and I'm mm -hmm. very much looking forward to seeing another culture represented. Like, I love the it was Shang-Chi of it's so different but it's still very much his culture and uh, family tr tradition. I I just like seeing other people's stories and other traditions stories. It's something different and refreshing, and hopefully we get that from Blue Beetle. Also, I keep forgetting George Lopez is in Blue Beetle. It's just kind of weird to me. <laughs> He's the abusive father. I, um, I mean, I, uh, he just I, makes look, his man. son listen, watch the intro to his show on repeat. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Uh, I uh the thing I think no, the other thing I'm that, <laughs> every I kid in America knows it because of Nick at Night. You waking up, yeah, waking up late at night on the couch and being like, "What is? Oh, oh I'm watching the George George Lopez show at two in the morning, I guess." Um, I think the the thing that I'm hoping is kind of like on the Shazam side of things. I'm hoping that if this doesn't, if this is very small scale and it doesn't have any larger connections, um, that we can keep it. <laughs> James Gunn, can we please keep him? Can we keep him, please? <laughs> um, and then if it's also successful and we get to keep it into the into the new canon, um, 
Does that mean Static Shock is not far behind? Young Justice! Young Justice! Make it happen! We have a Young Justice movie before we actually have another Justice League movie. I would... I'd be actually 100%... That's the story for Young Justice. There is no Justice League. Justice League disassembled. I know that's Avengers, but whatever. There is no Justice League. All individual heroes that are doing their own thing, and it's the apprentices that are realizing hey they're all off doing their own thing why don't we come together and do our own thing there's a thing over here in happy harbor james gunn listen to us we have ideas they're not good ideas but we have ideas (laughs) yeah i just i'm just excited though like i'm excited about the prospects i think that's why like i maybe you and i are not as critical of john i mean of James Gunn. I mean, we understand the position she's in, but I also know that like, this is the guy that made polka dot man, an absolute like main character. Um, and actually made us feel things with villains. Um, you made me cry because of rat catcher. Yeah. I completely trust this man with, um, comic book accuracy, with character accuracy, with, um, having like good, like emotionally fulfilling storylines. So I am just, I'm I'm excited about Blue Beetle. I, it it it's so I really hope that we get a trailer pretty soon here. Um and I have a feeling that after James Gunn's announcement, then we'll get a trailer. Uh I wouldn't be surprised if that's that happens, but I think yeah, we we'll get I'm, our first I'm trailer. Regardless. I think we get our first trailer in March attached to Shazam Fury of the Gods. Cuz we mean, know we're fine. getting a Flash trailer <laughs> at the Super Bowl, so I think Shazam trailer uh, Shazam will get a new trailer sometime in the next week or two, and then we'll get a trailer for Blue Beetle during Shazam, more than likely. Uh, Josh, what's your number six? Um, I'm in the... Uh, apparently missed the, the title of this episode. Another TV uh, show? <laughs> another TV show. Um, if you know me, you know how much I love Rebels, so it's very, very hard for me to not be so stoked for Ahsoka. Um, oh, thank God. Yeah. I thought you were about to say Bad Batch Season 2. I mean, yeah, why <laughs> No, no, not Bad Batch Season 2. Um, Ahsoka, though, like, the fact that we're getting a live-action Thrawn... In we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. I mean... Okay. We are, yes. but... Okay, but we are, but... <laughs> that's not the point. Um, yeah, I'm just super stoked for Ahsoka. The fact that we have it... Live action is amazing. The fact that we are leaning hardcore into the uh, the Rebels storyline is even more exciting. Um, as as a, as a Star Wars fan who has followed the animated projects and who I can I have a lot of faith in, in Dave Filoni, um, especially since this is like Ahsoka is, is his baby. Um, there's just it's very hard for me to not be excited about it. Uh, seeing especially seeing a grown-up Ezra and seeing how he could, he could be changing and stuff like that. It's just, that's super exciting as well. So, as my computer's being weird once again. Woo! We're at, what, six? Yeah. So, I think people are either really, really looking forward to this movie or they're going to be really, really critical of this movie going into it. Because of of the last movie in this franchise, and that's going to be Indiana Jones. I think everyone's just going, well, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was bad. I'm going, well, I hate to break it to you guys, 
But the guy that made Kingdom of the Crystal Skull isn't making this movie. I know some people are just like, but Steven Spielberg's not making this one. He made all the other ones. So which is it? Are you happy <laughs> he's not going to be here? Are you mad that he's not here? Or are you going to keep complaining about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Which I maintain that it's... The only reason people bag on it as much as it is is because it's such a quality drop from the first three as a movie, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. It's just questionable CGI, and it's really the final third with the alien stuff. Before that, it's it's not a horrible action movie. It's just a bit generic, but it's not terrible. It's just the alien stuff that I think throws it off for some people. I want to like this movie. I love the character of Van Ann Jones. I like treasure hunt movies. Shocker. And I I think I will like it. I trust James Mangold a lot. Logan is still one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. Ford v. Ferrari was excellent. Uh, James Mangold is a fantastic director. And honestly, at this point in their careers, I think he might be better suited to do Indiana Jones than Steven Spielberg. Spielberg lately has been more pursuing passion projects, which, good for him. Good job, Steven. I don't know how many more movies you're actually directing, so pursue the projects that you're most passionate about, as opposed to this is clearly a studio-mandated movie to send off Harrison Ford for one last movie. The thing that's keeping me from, like, being all in on this movie is the rumored time travel stuff. Yeah. Like, as you've seen in the trailer, there's clearly extensive flashbacks. Is this just ways to get around the fact that Harrison Ford is older and cannot do as much action? We've talked about it before on the, tra- on the podcast. Some parts in the trailer look outstanding. When he's in the train cart and with like the red and uh, orange light, that looks scary good. Like spot on to a young Harrison Ford. However, when he gets kidnapped by the Nazis and they pull the bag off his face, something about his face is just off. And you can go, oh, yeah. that's, that's either de-aging or a deep fake or something's not quite right there. So it's this unknown factor here of like, okay, how much of this are we going to be stuck with weird, wonky CG Harrison Ford? And how much of it is the current timeline with older Ford, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge? And I know James Mangold has already like shut down fan theories. They're like, she's replacing him. It's just like every other Lucasfilm thing of replace the character that we know and love with a female. I'm just like... <laughs> Breathe and touch the grass, people. Like, come on, get outside. And he even, James Mangold's even said, that is not what's happening at all. No one can replace Indiana Jones. Also, you know, already been down this road before with Mutt, um, which supposedly, according to this movie, we're going to find out what happened to Mutt. He's not in it, but I swear to God, if you killed Mutt off screen because it's Shia LaBeouf, I'll be so pissed. But I could, I can see them going, yeah, Mutt, uh, Mutt died in a terrible helicopter crash. Um, he didn't make it. I'm sorry. And Indy will just be like, okay, I didn't really know the kid anyway. I don't even think he was mine. <laughs> like, something like that. I want to get excited, and I still think I am. At this point, I'm more excited and more anticipating John Williams' final film score more than I am the movie. I'm still excited for yeah. this. But it's just that that shadow of a doubt of going, what is this movie actually? And is it just member berries of just like, remember when Harrison Ford was young? Like, I hope it's not. <laughs> member? Member? Because yeah, Lucasfilm I'd... certainly doesn't have a track record of doing that. No, 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 no not at all. Not at all. 
Uh, yeah, I, I want to be excited for it. I'm obviously like, I'm not a huge Indiana Jones fan. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed Crystal Skull, so like, I personally have never understood the hate that it's got gotten. Um, so I mean, sure, why not? Well, I guess we'll find out what happens when it comes out. Uh, I personally. I'm not sure what to think. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, number five. What's your, what's your number five? My number five is one that I'm honestly surprised is in your honorable mentions and not your, like, movies itself. Because, y'all, we were geeking out so hard for the Mario trailer. Like, I... I'm still shocked that this isn't on your list anywhere because honorable mentions don't actually count for the top 10. I know people are just like, well, Chris Pratt. I'm like, put put Chris Pratt aside for a second. Don't put the man that got stung by a bee for weird reasons aside for a second. <clears throat> Everything else is literally perfect. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, when you sign up for a Mario movie... This! I don't know why I'm motioned on this audio platform that is podcast. I'm motioning violently with my hands. Uh, it, it, everything else is perfect! The musical cues are perfect. Uh, the little clip that they showed at the Game Awards, which was a way too long show anyway, was a perfect clip. I'm looking forward to my boy, the greatest of all time, Toad. Toad looks perfect in this. I will lose my mind, but Heather will lose her mind even more of if in the final trailer, the money shot, the final shot of the trailer is just Mario jumping and landing on a Yoshi as they charge into battle. Like, <laughs> or like he's riding on a Yoshi and they hop a gap and he just hears of like his little feet fluttering over the gap. I, mm, I'm just getting excited thinking about it. But the trailer, when the Mario Kart show up, you're just going... Rainbow Road. At least one of you aren't gonna make it. Um, <laughs> I think the voice cast is perfect. The animation style. I've I've been on the animation side of this from day one. I know some people are just like Illumination. The people that did Despicable Me. I'm like, yeah, actually, that art style I think really really works. And so far, yes, this this is a Mario movie. I don't. Again. I know some people are on the fence about Chris Pratt, but we have not seen the movie yet. If it's still bad after we've seen the movie, then we can have that conversation. But we need to see the full context. As we always stress on this podcast, context is important. You can take any little clip and make somebody look bad. That's why I hate anything else on social media. Just like, see how beautiful or how perfect this scene is. And they show like a little five second clip. Of like, this is why this movie is the best. And like, What's the broader context of this scene? Just because something looks pretty doesn't mean it's good. Isn't that right, Zack Snyder? Um, isn't, isn't that right, James Cameron? <laughs> well, James Cameron's bank account right now says otherwise. I mean, yes. <laughs> he's just rolling in blue people money. But I'm like, as someone that grew up playing the Mario games, not like my favorite franchise, but everyone grows up with Mario. I got the chills watching the trailer and I don't think there's a single thing I would change about it. I'm so looking forward to this movie. I mean, I I'm excited. I, I think I'm just wary 
uh, I, as any kind of video game adaptation, um, I think we've been trained at this point to be wary of them just because. No, it's not like one of us dove headfirst into excitement for Uncharted last year. Yeah, like really, <laughs> it's so wild that the winner right now, as far as best video game ad- adaptations, is the Sonic movies like they're so good and but to be fair even then they're more an adaptation of like some of the actual like uh uh, like tv shows and stuff like that so it's just i want to be excited for it and to uh, to an extent i am but i i'm definitely more wary than i am anticipatory Um, my number five before you move on though i'm not letting you off the hook i will still hold it over your head about the sonic movie that you thought the first sonic was going to be one of the worst <laughs> movies of the year and it would bomb at the box office because Sonic okay, had but like, calves. But like that's so easy to say in hindsight, but like it's worse now, than Tom like, Hardy at, take. Your Tom I mean, Hardy yeah. Wolverine. Yeah, but but like at the same time, like if you think about it, they got the design of Sonic wrong right off the bat. So it was like, mm, okay. Did they? Uh, I they did. I'm not letting you get away with that. Uh, I'm but, still like, sticking with that there until I die. Um, they, they, you know, they got that wrong. And the history of, of video games, movie, video games, movie, ugh, video games, movies was not a strong one up at that point. Um, and the, it, ended, it ended up being way better than we thought it was going to be. And then the second one is both equal parts amazing equal parts terrible but like meets it right in the middle of like perfection so it I, it's easy to say hi, I, how stupid i look in hindsight but like at the time i don't think i i really uh I, I think i was i was pretty spot on with my thinking so all right what's your next one um i'm again this is the last show i promise <laughs> uh mandalorian season three so oh. See, that one's fine. That's, and that's fine. easy. That's easy. You uh, watch. I, I, this is just a bait and switch. They'll be like, so you know how you got an episode of the Book of Boba Fett where you just spent all the time with Mando? You're going to have one episode here where you just spend all of it with Boba Fett instead. That's how a trade <laughs> works. And everyone's just going, hey, steel keeps look- getting worse all the time. <laughs> I... I personally wouldn't mind it if it's a good episode. <laughs> that's the thing. It has to be a good episode. But like that uh, that one episode that's all Mando and Boba Fett is so good and does a good job of getting it's the you best super book of Boba Fett episode. It, uh, I love his new ship. Are you kidding me? Let's go. I think my only gripe, and I, I think I've said this on the pod before, and I know I've said it to you before, is we spent two full seasons trying to get get Yoda baby Yoda getting baby Grogu to a, a Jedi to get him trained and then the first chance he has to leave his Jedi training he leaves it, it does kind of feel a little I want to say I, I want to say cheap but that's not exactly what I think what I'm trying to say here but like it does feel a little bit like okay well that kind of well makes the meaning the the finale of season two not as a big of a deal if he's going to end up leaving late not first necessarily again like we brought up earlier context could be important like this could oh, fair, play fair. into season three and season four so to speak of like we know Mando's going to have to go bathe himself in the waters to redeem himself for 
showing his helmet, which is all in action because of Grogu. So, I don't know. I, I'd say we have to wait for the whole thing to play out before we write it off. Like, we're in the That's middle fair. of the story as we're judging the finale based of the book when we're still in the middle of the book, so to speak. But That's fair. No, that's absolutely fair. I, I just think I still, it, it definitely, in this particular moment, does put like a little bit of, of a sour note on the on the Luke return, which as much as I loved it, uh, it's still like, was it worth it? <laughs> was it? Um, so but we'll see, but I'm, it doesn't me any less excited for season three um so just the it has been by far the best star wars content we've had um since disney picked everything up um and i'm excited to see what more world building you know john favreau and dave filoni end up doing so that was your number four correct uh five that was your number five so my number four we talked about it earlier is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. For a little bit there, my four through one, I think all of them could slot into my number one spot at one point or another. Yeah. Probably were my planning. This was my number one for a little bit, but the more I thought about it, I'm just like, oh, it's all, it's such a close race between these final four. But that first trailer, like, I really, really enjoy the first Guardians. Not as much on two. Like, I just thought it was too immature like it was whatever it it didn't go full love and thunder with it but it was a little too goofy i think yeah i agree but since guardians 2 he has done james gunn has done the suicide squad which i'd still maintain is the best dc movie to date so far like in the main universe or whatever and the guardians christmas special which is so good like yes it's a funny quirky holiday special but there's genuine emotion to it. It's written really, really well. It advances the characters. Uh, I used to have a problem with Star-Lord, and I would play the Guardians of the Galaxy video game that came out on PS5 a while ago and be like, why can't the Guardians be more like this? Well, we get to the holiday special, and they are more like that. They are more of like a dysfunctional family. Star-Lord does feel more like an actual leader and like actual controlling unit of the team we also got a little bit of that in love and thunder but i pretend love and thunder didn't happen um <laughs> the guardians were not the problem with love and thunder they're actually represented quite well and star lord is too uh i know people have their issues with chris pratt now but i think this will be his best turn as star lord yet um i'm just really looking forward to this just based off that trailer alone that trailer is so good and i still maintain that one or more guardians will die, but we'll talk about that yeah. next week for our predictions. And when it, and when they eventually do, like the Yondu thing hit hard in Guardians Two, it'll hit even harder for this. Um, actually, now that I think about, it, when I go back and rewatch the first two Guardians in preparation for Guardians Three, I think the Yondu death is going to hit even harder, having seen the holiday special now. And yeah. Oh, absolutely. The fantastic scene with the two blasters of realizing that that was a gift from Yondu to Peter. I'm just going, that's a mm -hmm. wonderful touch of like adding actual emotional depth to this throwaway Christmas show that well, it's supposed to be throwaway, but it ends up being pretty important actually. Uh just excellent trailer. I think James Gunn has only grown and improved as a director, and I really like his work so far. And I think he's only honed his skills even more. I just think this will be the best Guardians yet and it'll be a really wonderful send off to these characters that have 
been a little up and down in the MCU, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, for and I, I think this is true for me as well. Um, the I'm also excited for the Guardian, Guardians three. I am not sure uh, how we keep these characters around without James Gunn. Um, so to me, it's almost hard to not think that they're going to be put in a situation where they all die because I mean, Drax isn't coming back. Um, it would be weird to see them show up under other directors after, if this movie ends up being fantastic. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I just wouldn't write off that they all pat, they don't all make it out of this movie. Um, yet. So, uh, much like you, my last four are kind of like, for the most part, interchangeable. And I, I think when I when we get through all of them, I don't think you're going to be surprised at all um, for, for mine. Um, but my number four is a movie that we all discounted and we all thought it was going to be garbage because by the nature of it, um, yeah, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves is going to be easily one of my favorite movies this year. I, I think regardless whether it's good or bad, um, I'm just excited about it. I'm excited that we finally have uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons kind of represented in a high, what looks like at the very least, a very high quality setting. Um, I love fantasy movies. I, I love even more fantasy movies that don't necessarily take themselves too seriously and don't lean too heavily into the, we are, we are serious art. We are fantasy art. Like this is clearly a bunch of people who have a lot of love for Dungeons and Dragons and understand that the best part about playing it is you're not taking it too seriously. So I'm very excited for everybody's performances in it. I'm excited to see what happens as far as story. I'm excited to see what spells we get to see, what kind of characters we get to see. Um, Cause it looks like we're also getting some practical effects going on in it. It just, it's very hard. It, like, I'm so excited for Dungeons and Dragons and I never thought that like when they announced the movie, I don't think I would have ever thought that I, I would have been in that position. Now the question is due to the success of Stranger Things, which I think will actually help this box office. Do you think Vecna is the main villain? No, I don't think they do that. Um, what I will be intrigued will be, is if a character dies and then some a new character shows up to join the party and it's this the same actor but clearly a different like character, I I I die I I literally I might die and go to heaven. That's just so that's so funny to me. <laughs> I I don't know who what villain we're going with because Honor Among Thieves is so vague and I think that's on purpose. Um, they say that they unleashed an evil on accident or something and. Back now. I, if it ends up being Vecna, honestly, I'm not mad. I, I think that's the thing. It's like, it could be, and that's fine. Um, I do kind of hope it's more like a mind flayer or or something that's that's more tra quote unquote traditional when it comes to D and D. But we'll see what happens. Nobody nobody goes against Vecna on their first campaign. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Save it for the sequel. Exactly. What's your number three? Number three. And this is where things got, I, I know things got really tough for you as well on these. Um, number three is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay. I don't feel as bad for not having it as my number one anymore. Okay. Yes. Um, I am super excited for this movie. Um, 
there the trailer and i'm thankful for this doesn't give us as much as uh, story-wise um it doesn't really tell us anything other than there's a bunch of there's a whole spider-verse out there where even the video game spider-man are um so it'll be interesting to see where we go from here that line the the line alone that sold me on this movie is that one towards the end where it was like i thought we were supposed to be the heroes and i was like we are oh dude that's good let's go with that i absolutely love that um i think what's interesting is now because of how much how many spider-man are showing up in this movie i think gives even more credit to your theory that this will not end in the animation um, genre i would be not surprised at all if if because this is a technically a part one isn't it yes yeah so i wouldn't be surprised by the end of part two if we are in a live action setting i could see it i could see it yeah we'll we'll talk about that we'll talk more about this very very briefly uh yeah because it is it's pretty soon for me but my number three is creed three uh i just i love warrior so much i don't even (laughs) care that rocky's rip it's warrior meets rocky it's perfect i already naturally love the rocky franchise it's one of my favorites that i consistently enjoy even when they're cheesy and campy and dumb but i really like the creed movies i am in the minority i actually like creed 2 better than the first creed just because that that gets more into the traditional rocky archetypes of just like well here's a little bit of rocky 3 and a a whole lot of rocky 4 but also somehow <laughs> makes Rocky Four even better, and Rocky Four is one of my favorite in the entire franchise. Like, I still get chills up my arm when Drago um, just pops him and he f- drops to the floor, and he's slowly like pounding the mat, and he gets back up, and the ref's mm. like, "What is your name, Reed? What's your name, Creed?" He comes back and then just starts wailing on Drago, and he. Knocks over Drago for the first time. Bump, bump, bum, 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 It's the first time they've used the Rocky theme in that movie. I'm just going, way to make your music actually count and mean something. Let's go. Um, So I'm super amped to see this. I love fight stories just in general. Like uh, yeah. Never Back Down, Rocky, Warrior. Uh, here comes the boom. Shout out Kevin James. Don't, Dude, don't it, care. that movie love surprised it. me so much. So good. Uh. It shouldn't be that good, but it is. Um, but I also love deeply personal fight stories, and that's what this seems to be of not literal brothers, but like brothers from another mother, so to speak, of like we are brothers for other reasons. And this like, oh, this tension. I I knew I was going to be on board for this either way, but the moment in the trailer that I knew I was going to be on board with it is at the end where it's like, let go of your doubt. Let go of here and close up of him in the corner when mm-hmm. he's surrounded by all of his gang and everybody else, like all of his trainers and everything else. And zoom in on Jonathan Majors, who has no one around him. And you're just like, oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's just like, it's this, these two men with pain and sorrow in their hearts just going to beat the crap out of each other. That is why I love stories. It's literally just a professional wrestling match, except probably more cohesively told like if you ever anybody ever asked me why i like wrestling yeah flippy stuff is cool 
but story matters too, people. I love a good combat story, and if Michael B. Jordan is able to land this on his directorial debut, he'll be one of my favorite people in the world, just from an acting and directing standpoint, and I'll, in the words of Palpatine, I'll be watching your career with great interest. Like, I, oh, <laughs> I'm so ready for Creed 3. I also don't know if I believe that Creed will win. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if something happens at the end of this that uh, takes Creed out of the game for a while, uh, especially since they're jumping ahead in his career. Yeah, um, seven years. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this ends up being the last Creed for him. Um, and I honestly wouldn't hate that at all. I love a good trilogy. Um, so I kind of think I know what your number two is. Do you want to go ahead and move yeah. in? So my number two <laughs> yeah. is Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. We need to get back to that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I really loved Into the Spider-Verse. I think it took everyone by surprise. Yeah. I am a bit hesitant going into the second one. I know everyone and their mother is excited about the potential cameos, and I don't think the cameos are going to list out. I, we already know, like, PS4 Spider-Man's going to be in there and Spectacular mm -hmm. Spider-Man. And I'll have some predictions next week about some other Spider-Man that I think are going to be in it. I do want us to temper expectations of going, Yeah, the cameos aren't what's drawing us into this story. I do not want that to overshadow the rest of the Miles' story. Because while we love Into the Spider-Verse is Miles' journey and... Josh sent me this great video weeks ago during Christmas break of like the deeper meaning and the power behind the imagery of Into the Spider-Verse when he jumps off the building and he's falling, but he's rising. And it's one of the best shots like ever. It's that old adage of a picture is worth a thousand words. That is that personified. Uh, it's beautiful. I, I hope that this story is still focused and... I trust that the team will keep it focused about Miles, but so far, so much of the marketing is we've got so many different animation styles. We've got so many animators bleeding and sweating over this production. I'm going, crunch time is not good, people. Um, they're like, we've got all these different cameos and characters that are introduced. I'm just like, is it still a Miles story? That's all I want to know. Like, I'm still excited for this movie. I really am. That's why it's my number two most anticipated movie of the year. But you gotta prove to me that it's still a Miles story. Like, yeah, the heart and soul of that first movie. I was a big Miles Morales fan going into it, but between that and the video game, I really enjoy the character. Does this movie still do justice to him, or is he gonna end up being a supporting character in this really, really incredibly stacked cast? That's my only concern with it. Yeah. So I am going to go out on a limb here and say that the scene that we see with all whether he's like interacting with all those Spider-Men, I I think that's going to be the only time we see everybody. Um, I think they are intentionally hiding, still hiding a law like ninety five percent of this movie. A um, villain spot. The, there's no villain. Yeah, there is. We, well, there we, who, who spot? They already confirmed that the villain spot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. And we have we have not seen him at all. So all in, like, I would, concept art. Yeah, I would not be surprised is if the the you know we see all those Spider Men and that's that's the only time we ever see them. We still have our Miles core. We still have a core like four or five Spider Men, Spider Women around Miles on this adventure. But I don't. I think that big you know shot of everybody. I think that's. That's it. I I don't think that. I'm hoping. Yeah. I. To be fair, 
we saw the trailer for Black Adam, and we're like, clearly they're hiding a bunch of stuff. They, they, there's no way they spend the entire the movie villain? in this Even one the movie city. Know. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, let's not let's not go on a, a Black Adam tirade because oh, I mm. that movie. What's your number two, Josh? Um, I think you won't be surprised about this. Um, for me, uh, my number two most anticipated film of the, of the year is Dune Part Two. Oh yeah, um, I keep forgetting that's coming out this year. I know it's super. I'm Dune was one of my favorite movies. Um, what was it? 2018, 19? Wow, that was during the pandemic. 20. That was twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the one of my favorite my favorite movies that year. Um. It's one oddly enough that I've gone back and and rewatched. Um, it's not a movie that you would think I'd be able to put on in the background and just do stuff with, but like, that's absolutely like one of those. It's in my like top ten now, I like movies that I, I've watched so much and I've enjoyed so much. Um, I mean, it hits every note for me as far as fantasy and sci-fi and you know philosophy and stuff like that. So it's really not that surprising, I guess, if you know me on a personal level. Uh, but I'm so, so stoked and so interested to see where we go from here. Cause I have not read, I've not seen the original movie. I've not read the books. So I'm going in intentionally for the most part, completely blind here. Um, I don't want to know, you know what I'm going into because I want, I want the movie to, uh, uh, show me and I want to explore that on my own there um, I'm so stoked to see Timothy I'm so so stoked to see Zendaya more because uh, <laughs> she's barely in the other one um, seeing more Dave Batista's character will be will be awesome um, I will be sad that we won't see the big magnificent beard of Oscar Isaac anymore but like I'm so excited for Dune Part 2 um, I don't think we've gotten a trailer yet, so I'm kind of waiting on that. It's like Thanksgiving uh, or Christmas, so you still got a lot of time. Yeah, we still got time. Um, I'm not too worried about it, but I'm I'm I really am excited. But though for Doom Part Two, it's my I mean, it's number uh, it, it 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 made it above all these other films, so it's like it's not that surprising, I guess that that I'd be super stoked for it. So then the question is, what's number one? And is Scott Atkins somehow in this movie? I don't think so. Never know, man. What is it? I, he would have to be a voice because it's Seth Seth Rogen's of course it is. TMNT's Mutant Mayhem. Um, like, it's so wild that I saying that Seth Rogen is doing a Teen Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is crazy saying that i would be excited about it feels crazy uh but and like we haven't we've seen like very vague concept art that i actually personally really liked it's but, a whole like, lot really better than the thing. more most recent ninja turtles concept arts yes <sighs> uh but like i am just off the logo it's alone i'm so stoked um i showed the logo to my brother and he was like yeah like that's uh, that alone gets me excited because that feels like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That feels like it's something that's going to be ripped, ripped from the comic books. Um, especially, you know, I've been theorizing that they're going with the IDW run, which would be super wild, super cool, and be something fresh that we've never seen on screen before. Um, and I just, there's so much to be excited. And I, it's crazy how, at least for me, that Seth Rogen has gone from this like, 
stoner movie guy dick joke guy that just made movies that were kind of garbage but fun um to easily one of the most respectable respected filmmakers in the business right now very versatile um, very versatile and like he himself has improved his acting ability um i, let alone I his actually really ability. like him as an actor uh yeah i absolutely. really liked him in the uh, michael fassbender steve jobs movie when he was was um, yes really good in that i like him a lot in the disaster artist um as the director sandy i still need to see the fablesman and mm-hmm. supposedly he's really good in that uh, yeah he's becoming really really well-rounded he's not the stoner guy anymore it's him um He's got a writing partner that he does a lot of stuff with that he's, I think, doing the Ninja Trolls movie as well with, too. But Not a joke, but I'm pretty sure his last name's Goldstein. I think I think it's Seth Goldstein, maybe? Something like that, Is yeah. Is it Colt Cabana's brother? <laughs> no, but like... One of uh, Colt Cabana's brothers reason, is a Family Guy writer, so... The only reason I know this is I've seen the, the roast of James Franco like four or 5,000 times, and they their roast... Uh, who is it? Uh, Nick Kroll looks at Seth Rogen and goes... What about like the fact that of like you have this this Jewish writing partner who like Goldstein or something and you're the face of the operation? <laughs> oh man. But is this a theatrical release movie? I can't remember. As far as I'm aware, yes. Now, you know, obviously Paramount it, it never huh? Yeah, well, but like Paramount's also like been the one that's consistently putting out bangers. I would Tom think... Cruise voices Shredder. No. No, no, Tom no. Cruise voices Hun. If I had anybody voicing Shredder, um, it would be um, geez, uh, the guy who does the voice for um, BD Wong, how how to train your dragon 2's villain. Um, no, BD Yo- Wong, Yomin, from Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Yoman Hansu. Ooh, I think really is his name. Yes, Diamond God, Hansu. He's so good. Yes, Tom Cruise is Casey Jones. It couldn't be any worse than Stephen Amell's. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm right. gonna be a detective. <laughs> no, you're not. Shut up. Uh, what about you? What's your number one most anticipated movie of 2023? So my number and one. Why is it Barbie? So <laughs> every once in a while, you just gotta wear tux to the theater, and minions wouldn't let you do it. So no, it's not Barbie. Uh. Full disclosure, my number one, when I was making this list, changed like two or three times. Oh, uh, Guardians 3 was there for a little bit. Creed 3 was there for a little bit. Across the Spider-Verse was there for a little bit. So all of these are kind of in the same general area. But then I look at the cast for this movie and I'm going, honestly, this is consistently one of my favorite franchises with... A creative force that was responsible for my favorite movie of last year. There's no reason to doubt Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning mm. Part One. Like yeah, I consistently, I was love, wondering. <laughs> I consistently love almost all the Mission Impossible movies. Um, I especially like what Christopher McQuarrie has done. A lot of the movies before that, before he took over, were very much just like one shots of like different team each time, different mission each time, which is cool. But I like that they almost kind of build on each other now of there's an actual narrative. There's like one specific team. I get that the past way used to be more like a TV show of like, here's the mission. Here's the, the specific team. But with Christopher McQuarrie's direction, it's very much, here's your core cast. We're going to get you emotionally invested in this cast. 
we're going to do the big stunts that everyone expects, but we're going to have logical reasons for why the big stunts are going to happen. Um, like why Tom Cruise is hanging out the side of a plane at the beginning of Rogue Nation or why Tom Cruise has to hold his breath for seven minutes in Fallout or why he's falling out of a plane with Henry Cavill, which there's a line in Mission Impossible Fallout that I still don't think gets the credit deserves of when Tom Cruise is explaining to Henry Cavill, like the safety of like the, the parachute and everything. He's just like, and the last thing that will be going through your head is your kneecaps. And I'm just going, jeez, that's such a, <laughs> like he says it in such a fast way that you don't think about it at first. But I loved Top Gun Maverick. And he'd be like, well, it's just Tom Cruise starring in it. But yes, but Tom Cruise with Christopher McQuarrie again. Christopher McQuarrie wrote the general story for Top Gun Maverick. And I think the story is the big part of the reason why it works. Yeah, planes go boom in real time. That's cool and all. But as I did a full seven minute video, it's the story and the character arcs are really what I think resonated with people with Top Gun Maverick of, yeah, it's more than just planes go boom. It's a man realizing, oh, balls, I'm going to die someday as I'm watching one of my best friends die. I can yeah. go boom, yeah. but I can't outrun time. Christopher McCory humanized Maverick. He humanizes the characters in Mission Impossible in these big elaborate stunts. He still finds the humanity, adding to the fact that we're getting uh, Palm Clementiev uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy in this movie. We're getting Haley Atwell, who's not my favorite, but I think it's cool that she's in this. Rebecca Ferguson's back. Simon Pegg's back. You got a new villain. Granted, this is a part one, so I would not be surprised if at all if this ends on a cliffhanger. I just love what Christian McQuarrie has done with the Mission Impossible franchise so much. I really love what he did with Top Gun Maverick. I fully expect that will translate. I don't think to, to that level in terms of box office. Uh, but I think he'll continue his hot streak. I know Christian McQuarrie didn't direct Top Gun Maverick. That was just Krasinski. But he still had a heavy hand on it. I also really like, from what we're hearing... This Mission Impossible, since it's the second to last one that they're making with crews and everything, they're trying to bring this full circle and they're bringing back story elements from some of the earlier Mission Impossibles, which I think is a really cool, smart way to bring everything, tie it all in together. When sometimes they feel a little bit like individual stories, you can find ways to fit the pieces together and to make it one nice collage, so to speak. I, I'm just really excited about Dead Reckoning. That being said... Any of my top four or five could be slotted in by number one, depending on the day and if there's a good trailer or not. Because yeah, the, the big thing holding back Dead Reckoning, let's be honest, was that piss poor trailer. That was that was real Which bad. Oddly, had no sound. Like, what are you doing? Dude? It's a Tom How Cruise trailer. That? Tom Cruise doesn't believe in having correct sound effects in his trailers. The Mummy apparently uh and obviously like the only reason that it's it didn't even make it on my list is because mission impossible for me has never been like that series for me um it's by all means i i love that you love it um i i definitely will say the more recent cruise um mission impossible movies have definitely won me over um and i'm excited to see where they take it that i the fact that they're just the the fact that they're doing a part one and two um immediately hooks me hooks me in so um i'll be excited to see what where they go from that uh that being said even like just the, from our, our our list of 10 and then our you know runners up there's so many movies coming out this year so many good movies coming out this year um i'm just like there's a, apparently a wes anderson movie coming out this year that i didn't know about so like 
Okay, Oppenheimer. Cool, It'll blow us away. Hey, yeesh. And the camera operator. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, man. The memes that have come from that are, uh, it's, are great. It's gold. I'm, I think I, for me, like, I just have never been like, to be fair, I guess we haven't had a trailer yet, but like, I'm just not a Christopher Nolan guy anymore. Um, I think if you would have come to me about 10, 10 years ago, maybe, and said that, you know, hey, you know, Christopher Nolan is doing a, a quote unquote biopic about the you know the creation of the the atomic bomb like that sounds interesting in in concept but I, I i don't know i'm not really that big that really excited about it even though the cast is absolutely stacked everyone is in this and josh peck for some reason <laughs> and this time he's gonna steal oppenheimer's enchilada and that's why the bomb goes off bring it a full circle on this <laughs> But what do you guys think? What are your most anticipated movies of 2023? It's going to be a little bit weird getting used to saying 2023 for the first couple of weeks. Uh, but let us know down in the comments below what your most anticipated movie or TV show, in Josh's case, Project of 2023, is what it's like hearing from you guys. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers. That's our 2023 goal. You can help us get there. Help us think of some fun thing that we can do once we get to that goal to celebrate if we get it this year like uh like a big thing that we can do and as always stay sharp movie guys and gals